0: Welcome to HR Insights, the podcast, topical discussions with and for our global HR community.
1: Hi, and welcome back to HR Insights, the podcast with your host, Emily Ramji. This week, I'm chatting to Sophie Jacobs, founder of Urban Hatch. Sophie delivered her first baby solo as a midwife at 21 years of age, 23 years ago, and in one of the most diverse communities across the globe. With an obsession to make things better and a thirst to do things differently, she gave birth to her own company, Urban Hatch, that creates and delivers digital support programmes designed to help expectant and new parents thrive at home, in clinical care and at work. Sophie, welcome. It's great to have you as a guest on my podcast this week. Thanks for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me, Emily. I am very excited about being here and um, I feel quite honoured, to be quite honest. Oh, thank you. So, to kick
1: things off, um, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions so we can all get to know you that little bit more. What is the most bizarre activity that you've done on a Zoom call?
0: Oh, that's a question you're asking a midwife. Okay, well, I have assessed <laughs> um, one of my one-on-one clients' breasts. This is even pre-pre COVID. Um, so, for me, it's not weird, but maybe for some of the listeners, it might sound a little bit weird. <laughs> and what would be your top wellness tip breathe take time to breathe what is the song that
1: motivates you the most
0: the DA, 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 da. <laughs> team I, I actually start singing that spontaneously when I'm feeling really motivated uh, but a little bit more serious Abidjan by Red Access always gets me going
1: Thank you for sharing. And finally, Sophie, what was the best book that you read in 2020?
0: Hands Down, Kafka on the Shore by Haruki Murakami.
1: Ah, I haven't heard of that. Can you just give us a super quick synopsis of what it's about?
0: Yeah, it's about Kafka on the shore and it follows the story of a cat. You know, Haruki Murakami is one of my favourite authors and it's quite an old book of his, but uh, I read it just uh, in 2020 and I might read it again. It's absolutely brilliant. Wow. All right. Thanks very much for sharing.
1: Our podcast today focuses on the notion that unhappy parents are bad for business and the opportunity that organisations have to rethink parental support. As a mother of two young children and after having two very different maternity leave experiences myself, my son was born in Hong Kong and my daughter in the UK, getting parental support right is a topic that I'm personally really passionate about. I actually wrote a blog on this back in 2017 that I was chatting to Sophie about last week and After speaking to a range of new parents in Asia about the parental support their organisations did or didn't provide, what really stood out to me was the pivotal role that a line manager plays in supporting new parents in the workplace and actually how few organisations have any formal programmes or initiatives in place to equip line managers on how to perform this aspect of their role. So with this in mind, I'm really excited to chat to an entrepreneur and an expert in the space of parental support. Sophie, what in your view is lacking in parental support for working expectant and new parents?
0: Well, first of all, thank you for sharing. And I think that the blog that you wrote on your personal experiences is is something that everybody should read because it gives a really good insight. And what you just said about line managers not having the strategies and the the tools that they're needed to help expectant and new parents in their team and to support them, I think that is one of the biggest things that is still lacking today in that parental support setup in most firms. Um, Apart from that, I think that also parental support is lacking for the medium um, performance performers in the firm. So, we do work with a number of firms that have support in place for the high performers, but quite often the media, medium performers are left out of the equation. I think thirdly, there is a lack of awareness around the possible challenges that expectant and new parents can come across in their journey, you know, during pregnancy into parental leave and then on their return back into work after parental leave. So, if firms can think about these three aspects and put in place support that is optimized and enhanced, they're going to create a culture that is going to nurture, support and attract uh, working parents. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting what you're saying about it often being available only to certain segments of a population and i imagine you probably see that the level that you've talked about there in terms of performance and whether somebody's on a particular leadership development program or you know maybe has a sponsor but also in the conversations i was having the discrepancy that was coming out between different industries even between different geographies and like my research was by no means fully valid it was a number of conversations at a point in time that happened to represent you know, different organizations, different industries, different sizes, but it's certainly something that I hear from our conversations you're seeing is, is um, you know, very different stages of its evolution across the clients that you're working with.
0: Definitely, definitely. And that actually makes it very exciting as well, because parental support is something that should be available, not just to the high performers, but also to the uh, medium and the lower performers as well. Um, But that means that firms need to start looking into cost-effective ways and easy-to-implement tools that can actually help achieve that you know and i'm not talking about expensive employee um, assistant programs that don't take, that don't have that much uh, take up um you know i'm talking about support that is actually taken up by the individuals who need it and their managers as well
1: yeah oh of course that accessibility and opportunity to partake is is definitely something that's really important.
0: Yeah, because, you know, on the line managers, when we started focusing on support for line managers, the statistics out there are actually quite eye-opening. You know, two out of three managers feel ill-equipped to support members in their team during that moment that matters, you know, during their journey into parenthood and back into parental leave. Um, That's two out of three. That's the vast majority. and if your line manager, you know, even if you as a person who has transitioned into parental leave and you're coming back into work, even if you have access to a sponsor or a one-on-one parental transition coach, you've got all the tools in place, but you get back into work and your line manager doesn't know how to have you know, meaningful, empathetic conversations with you around the topic, how valuable is your own coaching going to going to be, you know, on a vulnerable day, on a day when you're actually feeling a little bit wobbly, your own coaching could go out of the window on that day, you know, because you're not having the conversation that you need to have with your line manager. You're not feeling heard. You're not feeling understood.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and so leading on from that, Sophie, what can organizations do to help equip the line managers and the individuals coming back to provide the right level of support and perhaps looking at it from the lens of what Urban Hatch is able to offer? Because I know this is obviously the space that, that your business is within. Could you share some sort of ideas and approaches that you've seen work?
0: Yeah, what we see work really well is uh, firms that have an ecosystem of um, support systems in place. Um, so the, the kind of the pyramid of support tools that we work with is we've got our lunch and learn sessions, you know, that are now being delivered over Zoom. Um, we can reach quite a few people in a firm with that. And those sessions are all about raising awareness, you know, and then planting that little seed. Um, we then also do small group coaching sessions for expectant and new parents and these sessions are designed for expectant and new parents to get together and share and is facilitated by an external uh, facilitator and the conversation is usually around challenges you know that these individuals come across Um, it does a couple of things it raises awareness around topics it raises conversation it offers a safe space for people to share and it also creates a beautiful almost organic mentorship and peer support culture within the firm. Um, then we also need to think about the support that goes out to the managers. When we first launched Urban Hedge Corporate, we did our support sessions for managers in person and they were done in group. And they were great, but the only downside of them was that some of the managers in the session would come back to us and say, look, this support is fantastic, but I don't read it, I don't need it right now. You know, I might need it in a month or two months. So that then triggered me to come up with the idea of creating a digital support tool that managers can tap into as and when is needed. So it's essentially support that is timely delivered um, by Urban Hedge to the manager and to the actual person who is going and journeying through that moment that matters. So it's essentially a digital support tool that delivers that support uh, multi, multi-channeled. multi um, Then I, th- I do think there's still a lot of value in one-on-one parental transition coaching. Um, that is something that we have had in place from the moment we launched, and it's very effective. However, we do want to ensure that that one-on-one coaching, again, includes the line manager of the person who is transitioning as well. So we tend to offer four sessions. Um, One session of those four sessions is uh, opened up for the line manager to attend. And it's up to the coachee to actually decide whether their manager needs it or not. Um, So so that support does, does really, really well as well. So it's basically, I feel that firms need to step back, take a look at what is in place, um, consult with a firm uh, and a little doing a little bit of self-promotion here, like Urban Hedge. Uh, you know we've got the understanding of what expectant and new parents need. We, we understand what their challenges are, and we also understand what firms need. And then we collaborate and come up with a, a bespoke uh, solution, uh, you know, a bespoke program, essentially, we come up with a with, with firm together.
1: What you're describing sounds like a really comprehensive program that has been built on knowledge that you've obviously gained over a number of decades working within the field of parental support, both clinically and then more corporately. And what I'm sort of taking away myself is just that multifaceted approach involving different people at different times and being on demand um is something that you're seeing is really working and I'm curious Sophie because you know obviously there's been a shift globally in legislation over the last sort of five years particularly around parental support now being more flexible to involve the father um, or another member of the couple when you're looking to engage with corporations and indeed with individuals are you still typically working with mothers Um, Or is there more support now for fathers or other members of the family that might be involved with the the baby coming into the world and supporting them?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question, Emily. And Urban Hedge as a brand, we feel very passionate about providing support that not just goes to the actual mother. I mean, we don't talk about maternity leave, paternity leave. We talk about parental leave. And we feel Mm -hmm. that it's important for firms to understand that partners need to support as well. Um, So it's definitely something that we always have conversations around. Um, We are based in Hong Kong. However, we deal with corporate clients all over APEC. And some of the firms that we work with are already on that train and understand the support is not just for the women, but also for their partners. Um, Other firms are still a little bit behind, I would say. But, you know, we're doing a lot of work on getting the conversation going around that and hopefully in a few years time this is something that's just going to be the norm
1: Mm. and sort of continuing on that vein have you got any advice Sophie in terms of what you know or what you're seeing about best practice like what organizations and our global community listening in that are thinking right you know I've got an opportunity to do more in this space within my own organization or it's something again i'm personally passionate about what advice would you offer and what are you seeing around best practice within the field of parental support
0: well i'm a person who believes that things can always be better and there is always the potential to improve and enhance so when we're thinking about who is the most progressive employer who is the most progressive firm and the best place to work, if other firms can look at that and take the attitude of, okay, we can be this. And actually, we cannot just be this. We can be better than this. So it's about stepping back and getting individuals in place in the firm who focus on changing culture, you know policy is important policy is one thing, but ultimately what is really going to drive the change is culture and that is something that is really powerful but it needs it needs human effort,
1: yeah, of course and I can imagine as with a lot of the topics of the podcast in this series, we're looking at you know areas of culture such as inclusion um, that are critical to an organization surviving now around retaining attracting the best talent um, and the obvious kind of consequences of having the best people in place and being able to do their best at work linked through to the commercials of profitability and longevity have you read anything or heard anything within your space around the benefits of getting parental support right?
0: It's definitely, you know, related to to talent attraction and talent retention. Um, Again, you know, being based in Hong Kong at the moment, there is definitely an energy at the moment here where firms are thinking about, okay, how do we retain our talent? Um, There's a lot going on here. People may be thinking about leaving and parental support is definitely one of the important aspects that firms are now having to think about. And again, not just making that available to high performance but also medium performers. You know, COVID has, has has moved the needle into this as well. I mean, if we talked about parental support, uh, you know, I think we started a conversation with firms in 2019. There was interest. And in 2020, bang, suddenly every firm had to think about flexible working hours and working from home. And I think this year is going to offer a real opportunity for firms to again to step back evaluate what's working evaluate what's not working and then coming up with smart solutions that are cost effective but deliver high impact
1: yeah and that's really um an interesting point that you've said there because in the conversations i've been having recently with other podcast guests around this concept of wellness and actually even speaking to Sasha Scott in our first episode and her businesses in the diversity and inclusion space providing consultancy advice. Lots of these areas perhaps thought they might take a back burner in 2020 because organisations are grappling with how do we survive? Obviously budgets were blown. Um, but actually it's been the reverse of that and organisations now are taking a step back to say how do we almost sort of come out of the ashes or the embers and ensure that we are now doing things right around culture around wellness around inclusivity around supporting you know the different demographics of our workforce in a better way yes and from what you were saying their parental support is is also now on the radar then slightly more so in a different way than perhaps it was before and that that's a huge opportunity then
0: it's a huge opportunity. And I think the big silver lining that is coming out of COVID is that firms are now comfortable with doing things virtually and offering support digitally. And once you get Digital support program, programs in place, cost naturally goes down, and reach is—you know—you can reach people. There is no geographical borders anymore. Um, so, so, so that is really exciting. So, I do think that COVID has definitely is definitely offering an opportunity here. You know, there is always look, a silver lining. And look, speaking
1: from personal experience, again, I think you know if you can get parental support right it drives loyalty and it drives motivation and commitment to that particular employer and so this is where some of the ideas that you've talked through um, and probably more than those you know there are lots of other ways that companies could take this to be quite personal to their own business models and cultures depending on geography and age demographic etc um, particularly now if they're able to offer digital support solutions that are at a lower price point I just feel there's such an opportunity here to do small things that will make a huge amount of difference, not just in the months that somebody's coming back, but much, much further beyond that in terms of their commitment to that organisation and and, and much
0: earlier as well. You know, because it's uh, early planning is is important, and um, it, it definitely is very exciting.
1: And to wrap up, Sophie, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to our listeners. Um, for them to take away and think about perhaps to start a conversation on parental support within their organization or to go and build on a platform initiatives already in place, what would that be?
0: My advice would be to step back and, you know, of course, look at the policy that you have in place, but also look at the culture. How do people feel? How do people behave? What is the sense that they get in terms of support from their line managers? How do line managers feel? Do they feel um, equipped and do they feel that they've got the tools and the strategies to support their team members? their answer is probably going to be no, we don't. So let's then work on getting that support in place and that support for line managers really at the core of that should be how do they learn to have more empathetic, more compassionate conversations. And the aim is not for us to send them on a long um, training course organized by learning and development, uh, because that's just going to be, you know, for many, to be quite honest, it's going to be a pain. And we want to make things very easy. So it's about, again, stepping back, evaluating and think beyond policy, think culture. And parental leave ultimately is not enough anymore. Support needs to come into it. And it boosts, it boosts, it boosts a firm bottom line you know, when we've got happy parents, it is going to boost a firm's bottom line.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I think that's where we started with the beginning of the discussion, wasn't it? This notion around unhappy parents are bad for business. And you're right. It was the point I was trying to make earlier around just how important a lot of what we're talking about now on the HR agenda is to the core commercials of an organization, So I really appreciate you coming in and sharing your knowledge and ideas with me today. Thank you, Sophie. I look forward to hearing how Urban Hatch's journey progresses this year.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Emily, for having me. And thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. And let's just uh, together work on that culture. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to share any thoughts or comments, you can get in touch with our host, Emily Ramji, at er at elliotscoehr.com. Elliot Scott HR is an award-winning specialist in HR recruitment. We serve the HR community globally and have placed HR leaders in over 30 countries. There are over 90,000 members in the Elliot grey HR community. Please join us via our website, elliotscoehr.com, or our LinkedIn page. Take a look at the other episodes of our podcast series, your blog, and check out our upcoming events hosted in our five global locations.